Welcome to the Sozo Church Podcast. Our desire is to see every person know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Enjoy. Hey, I don't know about you, but um, I like a little bit of a challenge. I like a little challenge in life. I feel like a challenge kind of gets the best of me, kind of gets me going. In fact, if I'm playing basketball, I kind of like if somebody just kind of roughs me up a little bit early on because I'm going to play a lot better from that point on. I like a little challenge. Probably like a lot of you this this last year as we hit 2019 at the beginning of, of January, I was thinking a lot about the year, what I wanted to accomplish, and just decided to set some goals for myself. And this year I decided that there was a couple of particular areas I really wanted to kind of stretch myself in, just push things a little bit, find out what I'm capable of. And that one, the main area that I decided was in the area of eating. How many of you made a resolution about your eating going into 2019? Like the, so many of us are thinking that way. And uh, I decided this year, I've, you know, I've tried a few diets and, you know, different things for small periods of time, like 30 days, 60 days, maybe at best like about three months. Now I got a problem with sweets. Okay, I got a problem with treats, desserts, all of it. I can crush it with the best of them. So going into this year, I thought, okay, I've kind of like sworn off treats for like maybe a few weeks at a time, maybe a couple months at a time. This year I decided, hey, in 2019, is it possible? Is it even possible? I could go a whole year without any red vines, without any chocolate chip cookies, without any birthday cakes, without any ice cream, without any cheesecake, without any, any of the good stuff in life. And I asked my wife, I'm like, am I crazy for even thinking this way? And she was just like, yeah, you are. So I, I actually just sat down and I was like, I'm going to give this a shot. And I realized that by saying this, it meant that all my kids' birthdays, all holidays, all the good food, I'm going to have to say no to. But can I tell you today, I, as of coming up on June, I will be six months through this process, treat-free, sweet-free, which is like, for me, it's big time. You know, maybe may easy for you. I don't know, you do maybe coffee, try that. But uh, for me, it's sweets and treats. But I said, hey, 2019, I want to see if I'm capable of doing this. I like a little bit of a challenge. It's enough that it forces me to go, i got to make some, some changes in things. A challenge is one of, the reasons, one of the things I loved about CrossFit. Now, as soon as I said CrossFit, I know half of you just judged me because you looked at my legs and you were like, bro, you are the worst spokesperson for CrossFit, <laughs> period. Which is why I'm going to start Orange Theory soon. So... But anyways, I did CrossFit for about eight months, and we're like, yeah, no, we can tell, bro. Uh, but I did it for eight months, and one of the things I loved was the workouts were so incredibly difficult. I mean, they're the kind of workouts, like, you don't even look ahead of time. You just show up, you go in, and you see what they've written down, and you're like, okay, the only way through it's to do it, so let's just get after it. And it was incredible. The challenge of it got the best of me and produced some of the best results. But here's the thing. Challenges are great when we have something to do with it, when we can make a choice about the challenge that we're taking on. But what happens when you face a challenge that you weren't expecting? What happens when you are facing a challenge that you would never have selected? What happens then? A couple summers ago, I was surfing with a handful of guys. There was four of us that went out. We had three surfboards. You're like, that's terrible math. And you're right. But we went out, one of these guys was hosting and some of us were new. So he's kind of showing us the ropes and we started surfing and we got out there. And if you've ever been surfing, you know, it's like exhausting on your arms and your shoulders. And after a little while, I was like, Hey, our host had been so kind to us. I was like, Hey, why don't you take the other board? I'll just kind of tread water float out here. We're all kind of having fun, just trying to see if we could, you know, get some runs in. Well, it wasn't too long before I was like, ah, oh, man, I'm like, I'm like, I need to get back. I need to get where I can touch the bottom with my feet and get back to shore. I'm getting a little bit like 
worn out here. And I start kind of casually thinking I'm making my way back to the shoreline, back to shallow water. Well, I'm just having fun watching some of the guys a, few, a little bit longer goes on. And next thing I know, one of the guys points out, and he points to the, to, the, to the beach right where the water hits the shore. And a lifeguard has come out of his tower, and he's standing directly in front of us, and he's waving that little red flotation device, and he's pointing to the side. And I was like, we all kind of like look around, and we're all kind of sprouting. We're like, is he talking to us? He's waving and pointing, and all of a sudden it hits me, oh, shoot, like, we're in a situation right now. And I realized I'm not any closer to the shore despite my efforts of swimming there. In fact, I'm actually further away than when I started. And a sudden rush of reality hits me, and I realize I'm in a rip current. That's what this is. And my whole world got very real in that moment. I'm already tired. I know how serious this can be. I don't have a surfboard like close to me. And I'm thinking, this is not a good situation. So instantly we start, I'm trying to swim to the side, you know, parallel to the shore, get, get, you know, get out of this deal. Finally make it over to another guy that has a surfboard. It took us both of us kicking for minutes to try and get out of this thing before we could finally get some momentum and get back closer to the shoreline. But this was a challenge I was not expecting. This was a challenge I really wasn't even that prepared for. This was a challenge that began to reveal some things about myself and about my situation that I didn't even, I didn't even really want to confront in that moment. And those challenges do something to us. Those challenges reveal a lot about who we are. I think they also, challenges have a way of revealing what we think about God. Challenges have this way of bringing us to a point where we begin to see some of our, 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 our limitations, the end of our rope, so to speak. But it can be so easy in life to just be cruising along one minute, and the next minute, you find yourself in a challenge you were never expecting. Life is full of challenge. You've probably learned this by this point. Life doesn't matter your background, doesn't matter your upbringing, doesn't matter your experience, doesn't matter how much money is in your bank account. It doesn't matter if you believe in God or not. Life is full of challenge. And you and I are going to face challenges repeatedly throughout our life. It applies to every single person in this room. And here's the thing I want you to know today. Every challenge that you will face and that I will face comes with a choice. Every challenge comes with a choice. And the choice that we will be faced with is simply this. Are we going to retreat in fear or are we going to respond in faith? When you're faced with a challenge, you have that choice. I'm either going to step back and retreat in fear or I'm going to now respond in faith. And the Bible is filled with stories and examples of people who came up against this reality. That's one of the things I love about the Bible. It's there for us to learn from. It's there for us to see the examples of other people and to learn principles that God has for us to see that will help shape our lives. And what we see in Numbers 13 is a great example of this. You have this situation where the people of Israel have a promise from God and yet they've run up against a challenge. They've run up against a situation that has caused them to see themselves in a light that they weren't prepared for. And they're facing a challenge, and they've got this moment. You've got 10 of the 12 spies that basically start retreating in fear, and they take almost all of the Israelite people with them, and you've got only two that stand up and say, hey, we're going to respond in faith because we know who God is and what God has promised. And so this morning, I just want to leave you with three little reminders. And if you're taking notes, these are the three things I would just say to write down this morning. Number one, you need to remember, we are able because God is able. We are able because he is able. Your ability in life comes from who God is and what God has promised. This is with the distinction between Joshua and Caleb and the other 10 spies was that they understood 
They're able because of who God is. You see, they knew they had God's promise. They had God's power. They had God's provision. They had God's protection. And that's what enabled them to respond in that moment in the attitude of faith, not just fear. Look at what it says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. If you've been around church at all, maybe you've heard this before. But I want to read this in what's called the Amplified Translation. It's just kind of a different translation of the Bible. And it kind of draws out some things. And this is what this verse says. It says, now to him, speaking about God, now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and to do super abundantly more than all that we dare ask, think, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams, according to his power that is at work within us. This, is, this verse is telling us now to him, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask, think, or dream through his power that is working in us, his power that is working in your life. I love this word in here, super abundantly. So my kids, like this just sounds like a word like my kids would use, right? Like whenever something is like really incredible, they're like, dad, this is super double amazing. This is what they say. That's what this verse, like in the Bible, just like here, we're using the term super abundantly. This is super double amazing. This is incredible how God works. And I just want to encourage you today that because God is able, we are able. It's not, you need to understand, we are not the source of all this. You know, I think being a self-starter, being self-driven, being self-motivated, I think that's a great characteristic. I think we need more people that have that kind of drive in life. I used to see people all the time that have achieved success because they're self-driven. But I also think that at an extreme, this, can get this, this mindset can get us into trouble, and it becomes bravado. And I want to just tell you that there's a difference between bravado and boldness. See, bravado, well, bravado is um, it's self-generated. Bravado says, I can do this because of who I am. We all know people like this. But then boldness on the other side, well, this is spirit-generated. Boldness says, I can do this because of who God is. So bravado and boldness are two very, very different things. And so it's great to be self-starred, but you need to understand that you and I are not the source. God is the source. And there's something that happens in your life when you begin to align your life with God, with his word, that begins to release a power in your life because God is the source of that. We went to Lake Arrowhead uh, last summer. We took the kids up there, and, and uh, we got to stay at a friend's house, and they had a boat that we got to take out. And I'm not a big boat guy, but I was like, hey, I'm going to be fun dad for a couple days. We're going to take our kids out, and we're going to have fun. And so they gave us instructions how to start the boat. And I got out there, and I'm doing my best to get this boat started. And I, I like, you know, I like to think I'm, I'm fairly capable of figuring out problems, but this one was taking me forever. I could not figure out, despite no matter which switches I was flipping and toggles I was turning and keys I was rotating, I was like, I couldn't get this thing started. And it took me 30 minutes, and finally I kind of cheated and started looking at the, you know, the owner's manual to go like, all right, what am I missing here? And there was one simple thing that affected everything else. Right next to the battery, there was this little switch that you had to flip to connect the battery to the engine of the boat. And once I did that, man, we fired the boat up, got the kids out, had the absolute best time. But here's the thing. When it's not connected to the source, it's not, it's not functioning in the way that it was designed to. It's not functioning at its fullest capacity. Once it was connected to a power source, everything changed. 
Sure, the boat had been floating on the water, kind of reasonably doing what a boat should do, but we were not able to enjoy it at its fullest ability, at its fullest capacity. Once we made that connection, once it got connected to the power source, everything changed and it became capable of doing what it was designed to do. You and I are much the same. The Bible tells us that the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. That means if you've accepted God's gift of grace through Jesus, you're, you're a Christ follower, that God does something that he, he puts his spirit in you and enables you to do things that you would never have been able to, to do on your own. There are things that you can overcome that you would never be able to overcome just on your own ability. God is the source, and his spirit is now enabling you. And this is, a, this is what I love about God. And the, the thought, or excuse me, the, the thing I love about it is that the assignment and the ability go hand in hand. That when God gives you an assignment, he also gives you the ability. That means whatever God asks you to do, it's already implied the answer. So for the children of Israel, if he says, hey, I'm asking you to go into the promised land, that means I've already given you the ability to do it. If I've assigned this to you, then I'm granting you the ability to do it. That means that whatever God calls you to, he's going to grace you and equip you to do the very thing. This is how good our God is. This is how amazing he is. It's not only does he ask us to do things, not only does he assign us to certain things, not only does he command certain things, but he gives us the ability by his spirit to do it. Aren't you glad today for a God that doesn't just command things to you, ask you of things, but he actually gives you the ability to walk that out. With God, the answer is implied in the ask. This is amazing to me. Write down number two if you're taking notes. Second reminder this morning, we need to focus on the promise, not the problem. Focus on the promise, not the problem. Have you ever faced a challenge that changed the way you viewed yourself? You know, you come up against a challenge that actually caused you to question like who you are, your own ability, the way that you, you know, man, I thought I had some things figured out. I thought I was actually pretty good at this and now I'm up against this and I, Man, all of my self-confidence is gone. I don't know if you've been in that situation, but I have. I've come up against those limits. And it's a bit like looking at a funhouse mirror in some ways. It's a distortion of reality. When you look at a funhouse mirror, it's like, yep, okay, that's kind of me, but my body looks way different. I look shorter. I look taller. I look really way, whatever it is, it has a way of distorting. Challenges can do that, and it changes the way that we view and see ourselves. So we aren't supposed to focus on the problem. We're supposed to focus on the promise. In fact, I'll take it a step further. I believe we aren't just supposed to focus on the promise. We're supposed to focus on the promiser. We're supposed to focus on the person of Jesus. We're supposed to focus on the promises that God has given us through Jesus because your perspective matters. You need to understand that your perspective when you're approaching a challenge, when you're approaching a situation in your life, your perspective matters. You know, th I can't think of a better example of this. When, when I've been with my kids out in public and uh, we were at Disneyland, you know, uh, last year, and I remember just pointing out, just going, oh my gosh, you guys, look who it is. Look over there. And my littlest Judah, I mean, you know, this is, there's a big difference between my point of view and his point of view. And so I'm talking like, man, check it out. This is amazing. You got to see this. And then all of a sudden he's going like, what? Dad, what is it? I can't see. And once I pick him up, and get him on my, at my vantage point and show him something from my perspective, he begins to see everything completely different. And your perspective matters. How do you know what your perspective is? How do you know what you're focusing on? I think it's revealed in the words that you're saying. When we see these 10 spies that came back, everything was negative, everything was overwhelming, and yet 
that just revealed what it, where their focus lied. It, it showed what their perspective was causing them to look at. But for Joshua and Caleb, for them to say, hey, no, 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 we're good. We got this. We are well able to go do this. It says, oh, no, you know, you're focusing on something different than everybody else. It's not that this challenge doesn't exist, but you know something, and you're operating with information that other people are not. We are to focus on the promise, not on the problem. There's a great quote that I was reading recently. It said that obstacles are those hideous things that we start to see when we stop focusing on our goal. They start to appear. And there was a theologian a number of years ago that wrote this passage. He wrote a commentary on this passage. And I thought it was so brilliant what he said. And I just want to read it to you this morning because I think it just has a way of revealing what we're talking about. He said, Unbelief often presents itself as being factual or practical or down-to-earth. Yet the most factual, practical, and down-to-earth thing that we can do is trust the word of the living God. Their unbelief was not according to the facts. So the ten spies, their unbelief was not according to the facts. It was despite the facts. Significantly, two men could see the exact same sites, the same grapes, the same men, the same land, the same cities, One can come away singing in faith, and the other is filled with a sense of certain doom. Ultimately, and I want you to get this, ultimately, faith or unbelief does not spring from circumstances or environment, but from our hearts, which God must change. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says that we are to fix our eyes on Jesus who is the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. That means that through Jesus, he is the author and the finisher. He starts it and he will complete it. Whatever he starts in you, and we are to fix our eyes on Jesus. He is our chief example. He is our model in all things. This is why the Bible is so valuable to us, because we see who Jesus is and what Jesus does, and we can model our lives. And I just think this morning, we ought a purpose to be people that carry the perspective of faith, that our eyes are fixed on the promiser and not on the problem. Write down number three this morning. Go all in. Go all in. I want to look at Numbers chapter 14, verse 24. This is just a little bit further on in the same story. So after after the passage that we read earlier, God shows up on the scene. He's talking to Moses, and he's basically saying, like, hey, like, this has got to stop. This is going to change. And this is what he said about Caleb and Joshua, and I think this is so brilliant. God's talking to Moses. He said, but because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and he follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land that he went into and his descendants will inherit it. Because of the unbelief, because of the grumbling and the complaining, that God actually had the Israelites walk through the desert for 40 years until that generation, they were not able to enter into the promised land because they would not step into what God had called them to. They would not receive it. They would not take action. They did not move with the perspective of faith. And the only two of those 12 that got to go into the promised land and experience it was Joshua and Caleb. But I love what God says about him. Caleb has a different spirit. And he follows me wholeheartedly. What is wholehearted? Wholeheartedly is showing or it's characterized by complete sincerity and commitment. This is the kind of people that just say, I'm throwing my whole heart into this thing. I love these kind of people. I love being around people that are wholehearted. Have you ever been around somebody that was doing their job and they were half-hearted in it? You ever had a server that was really half-hearted? 
It's the worst case scenario. I love being around people that are wholehearted, people that say, I'm giving this my best. I'm throwing everything I've got, everything I am into this deal. Those people are both magnetic and it's contagious. It attracts people and it spreads because there's something about somebody that just says, I believe so much into this. I'm putting my best into this. I'm bringing my best to this. That's what wholehearted is. And wholehearted is basically just unchecked obedience. That means there's no qualifications attached to it. There's no reservations. There's no hesitations. It's saying, God, I'm following you. I'm doing what you asked. I'm doing what you commanded. I'm following you wholeheartedly. This is unchecked obedience. And the thing that you need to know is that obedience, your obedience, will actually open doors of opportunity for other people. When we step in to what God has asked us to do, our obedience actually creates opportunities for other people. When Jason and Jen stepped out, moved to San Francisco with the dream of starting this church, their faith, their obedience opened opportunities and created a new path for others that were around them. We've all heard the story of David and Goliath. And I just think, you know, what's so cool and not often, you know, connect, the dots aren't connected on this. But when David showed up on the scene and faced Goliath and killed Goliath, the whole Israelite army was, was living in terror at that time. They were terrified of this man, terrified of the challenge that was in front of him. David showed up and was like, hey, y'all still remember like who we serve, right? Is somebody going to do something about this? Because if you guys aren't, I'll, I'll go ahead. And in that moment, God responds and enables him to overcome that challenge. But here's what's crazy. Later in David's life, as he became king and commander of the armies, David had what was called these mighty men. And at that time, people were afraid of killing a giant. But here's what's amazing is that years later, there were four of David's men who also killed giants. I can't help but think that because of, because of David's obedience, because of his example, that these other guys were inspired and had the same measure of faith to go, you know what, we can do that as well. We can go after this thing. We can meet this challenge head on. Somebody else blazed the new trail. That's why I just love coming here and I go, hey, we're on the early end of this. We're going to launch our church in September. We got a handful of people around it right now. I show up at Sozo and I'm like, look at what God can do. Look at what God can start building in a city when somebody steps out and it inspires my my faith and your obedience will inspire the faith the faith of your family the the faith of your kids the faith the faith of your spouse your faith can inspire other people and your obedience will create opportunities for them but it's our response that determines the result just like we see in this passage it's our response that enables whether or not we're going to experience what God has designed for us to experience we play a part in that in conclusion, I just want to let you know, it's not all on you. You need to understand, this is not all on our ability. This is all about God. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 says that my grace, this is, this is speaking from God, my grace is sufficient from you, if for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. I don't know what areas of your life you feel weak in today. I don't know what things you're facing. You may not be planting a church, but you may have just moved to this city. You may be going through something in a relationship. Maybe your marriage is under a lot of strain and a lot of stress right now. Maybe you're dealing with an issue with one of your kids. There may be a challenge in your life that you're facing today, but, and it may be an area where it reveals a weakness on your part, but can I just remind you that God's grace is sufficient for you today. And in those moments where you feel weak, it's God's strength. It's in those moments that God's strength is made perfect, that it is fully revealed. So whatever it is that you're facing, it doesn't really matter. God's strength can be revealed in that process if you allow him to work in your life and you, you'll respond to these challenges with the attitude of faith. 
If you'll respond in faith, not retreating in fear, don't pull away from that, but say, you know what? I believe that I'm able because I serve a God who is able. And I'm going to focus on his promise. I'm going to focus on what God says about me and what God said about my situation instead of what I see and what I say and what everybody around me is saying. I'm going to focus on his promises. And then lastly, just go all in. And as you lean into that, just watch how God begins to work in your life to bring about the answers and help you overcome the challenges that you're facing. Do you agree with that this morning? Do you receive it? Come on, let's put our hands together. Let's thank God. Thanks for listening. Join us each week here on the podcast or live in San Francisco. Keep up with life at Sozo by following at Sozo Church SF on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have a great day. Thanks.